So hi, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Rethink This. I'm your host, Abby Berger, and today we're going to be talking with Jackie Hudson, former staff member and longtime NAMI volunteer, and Angela Barra, director of programs for NAMI St. Louis, about what care partners wish they knew when a friend or family was diagnosed with a severe mental illness. So welcome to the show, Angela and Jackie. Thank you. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with the NAMI acronym, it stands for the National Alliance of Mental Illness. NAMI is an organization that's providing advocacy, um, education, support, and public awareness so that all individuals and families or care partners affected by mental illness can build better lives. So both of you have a little bit of a different experience with NAMI. Um, Jackie has a long time staff member and a volunteer and as a care partner for someone with a mental illness. And then Angela, you're on the staff side now working with programming. And I'd love to just start off with hearing a little bit about your backgrounds, who you are, where you're from, how you got connected to NAMI in the first place. Um, And Jackie, if you want to go first, I'll let you introduce yourself and, and share that. Okay. Well, my name is, is Jackie Hudson. Um, I did work for NAMI for about 15 years. I was an executive director and the director of advocacy. Um, But now I'm a volunteer. Um, I do, I am a family member. I did have a sister who suffered with schizophrenia for many years uh, before she passed away. So I did utilize NAMI services early on. and, and they helped me greatly. And Angela, and do you want to share a little sure. bit about how you got involved with NAMI? Sure. Um, so I am Angela, the director of programs at NAMI St. Louis. I have um, been at NAMI St. Louis since August of 2019 is when I started. Um, prior to that, though, I, uh, I'm a licensed mental, I'm a licensed master social worker, so I'm a mental health professional by trade. Um, so I had heard the name NAMI St. Louis in my career, but never really knew what does this organization do. Um, and I learned a little bit more about the wonderful services that are offered to family members and individuals that are experiencing mental health conditions. Um, I myself am a family member who has loved ones with mental health conditions. I also live with mental health conditions and have friends with mental health conditions. And so mental health is something I'm really passionate about. Um, And when an opportunity came about uh, as for a position at NAMI, it felt like a natural fit for me. Um, and I moved in this direction doing more community-based social work, social work as opposed to what I was doing previously, which was much more direct and, and clinical-based social work. Yeah, well, that's great to hear. And it's, it's cool to hear how many people within NAMI, both volunteers and staff and supporters, just how many people are connected to mental illness, mental health in a very direct linear way. Um, you know, and I, I think that makes a lot of difference because what is it? The national statistic right now is one in five people have a mental illness. And so you think about that and that's just about touching everyone, um, within a family 
um, system or a friend group. So that's pretty cool that both of you have that connection to it. Um, Jackie, I have a question for you. So you mentioned that your sister had schizophrenia um, while she was living and that was a you know, a struggle for your family to help support her. What were some of the ways that NAMI was supportive to you and your family during that time? Well, you know, my sister was diagnosed at a very early age, and that was back in the 19, early 1970s. And um, at that time, um, you know, NAMI wasn't even um, created yet. Um, it wasn't created until 1978, but, um, as, as my sister grew and I grew and I got older and I got to know, um, more about my sister's issues, I really needed some, um, education. I needed some information about, um, mental health treatments and, um, supports in the community. And I needed support myself. Uh, I needed to come to the realization that my sister, uh, my sister's illness wasn't going to go away, that it was a chronic thing. And that, um, but that there's a lot of hope out there for people who have mental illness, uh, that they can, with proper treatment and support, live uh, a, a normal life, like, like all of us who may not have a mental illness health disorder. And uh, NAMI was the one that really opened my eyes and really got me started on um, accepting this mental health disorder as a chronic disorder and accepting my sister, um, her dreams and desires, you know, and trying to support her in a way where maybe she could achieve some of those things. And, and actually, um, the Independent Center uh, was one of the greatest uh, supports in my sister's life. And, and I really credit the Independent Center for making my sister, um, all, she always felt that she could be independent. And she always tried to be independent. And I always admired her for it. But that was the influence of a great um, mental health support in her life. Yeah, that's that's so cool to hear. And I know we've talked a little bit on the podcast about Independent Center. And it's um, if you haven't tuned into the previous episodes, it's a community mental health provider in the St. Louis area that's based on the clubhouse model of psychosocial rehabilitation. So Independent Center really believes that every person has the ability to gain independence, to learn how to manage their um, symptoms, to find independence in their community the best way that works for them. So that's great to hear that um, she had that resource in St. Louis and was able to utilize it. And then you were able to utilize the supports from NAMI. So I think that's a really distinct difference that I would love to hear Angela talk a little bit more about the programs that are there to support families and friends, because the reality is that a lot of people don't know what's happening when someone is diagnosed with a mental illness and they don't know where to start. They don't know how to support that person. They don't know how to support themselves because it not only affects 
the person with the mental illness, but the people around them. So Angela, could you tell us a little bit more about what are those programs um, and supports available and how have they evolved over time? Absolutely. Um, so first and foremost, when, it, when folks are kind of in that space where they, they don't know where to start, which is what you were mentioning, I always tell people, call the NAMI St. Louis helpline. Um, it's five days a week, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, 314-962-4670, or you can email info at namistl.org, and you can ask those questions. Like, I have a loved one who has this diagnosis. Where do I start? How do I find the support? How do I learn more? Um, we have a variety of different programs for family members and friends and individuals that are struggling with their mental health. Um, so in particular for family uh, members and friends, we have presentation programming that we offer um, that are kind of just one-off presentations to learn a little bit more. For example, we have a two-hour long seminar called Family and Friends, uh, where individuals can come and learn just the very basics about mental health diagnoses and what resources are available in our community. Uh, that we offer uh, as an organization at NAMI St. Louis. Um, we also have other presentations that are much more specific to a certain diagnosis or a certain situation that a family member might encounter. Um, all of those presentations can be found at namistl.org. Um, we have our family educational classes, uh, which is of course, probably our most popular. Um, that's our family to family course. It's an eight week long course for family members and friends that have an adult loved one over the age of 18 with a mental health condition, whether that's diagnosed or undiagnosed, um, where over those eight weeks, um, they're learning about mental health. They're learning about the mental health care system, what resources are available to them, how to be an active support uh, in your loved adult loved one's life. Um, and also how to take care of yourself throughout the process because it can be really overwhelming. Um, and then we have our basic support or our basics uh, family education class, which is for parents and caregivers with children under 18 who have a mental health diagnosis or are undiagnosed and are just uh, displaying signs or symptoms. Um, and it's very similar to family to family, except it's six weeks. And uh, those parents are really learning about the youth mental health care system, because that's very different than the adult mental health care system. Um, and they're learning, you know, how to best support themselves, their child, and the family system as a whole. Um, you know, if they have other children in the home, how to go about getting resources for them as well, including to the, um, you know, if, you're, if your child is in school, what, what resources are available to them actually in the school. So those, end up, um, those IEPs or individualized education plans uh, that school districts offer uh, to young people that um, might have a mental health condition or, or another uh, type of disability, um, those are available. Um, and, and we're teaching parents and caregivers about that resource because it is a really valuable resource for young people to have in the school setting. Um, and then we have our fabulous support groups. Um, so all of our programming right now is online um, back last year in March when COVID-19 kind of took over our world. Uh, we very quickly pivoted to online programming. Um, and so the first thing that we started with, with our, was with our support groups. So we offer three different types of support groups, our family support groups. Uh, which are, of course, for family members and, and or friends. We use family very loosely at NAMI. I probably should have said that. Um, so we recognize at NAMI St. Louis that family does not need to mean blood relation or legal relation. Family is defined however you define it. Um, so 
we have our family support groups that have are centered for folks that have adult loved ones uh, with mental health conditions. Um, they meet on a weekly basis. Uh, they're rotating. So what that means is this week, uh, there's one actually tonight on Thursdays. Um, and then next week, it'll be on Monday evenings and so on and so forth. They rotate. Um, and those are done virtually via Zoom. People can register for those support groups like any of our educational classes or presentations by visiting our website at namistl.org. We offer a monthly basic support group for parents and caregivers with children under 18. Those are on the third Wednesday of the month in the evening. Um, and then finally, we have weekly connection support groups. So that is a resource that we offer to individuals that are experiencing mental health conditions, whether diagnosed or undiagnosed, where they can come with a group of peers and learn, you know, how to support themselves and advocate for themselves and have a space just to to talk, right? That's what a support group does. Um, and so those are weekly. We offer them on Sunday afternoons, which are wildly popular. And we're in a place now where we're trying to figure out how to extend those. <laughs> um, and then we offer them on Monday evenings and then bi-weekly on Tuesday evenings. Um, so support groups have definitely blossomed in the last year for us as an organization. Um, of course, with COVID and people, you know, needing access to resource, being able to offer them online is amazing. And it's something that, although we do have plans to get back to in-person, hopefully in the fall, we're, we're crossing our fingers. Um, we always plan to offer all of our programs moving forward online as well, because we have found that the community response has been that, you know, this is something that they need. Um, and if we are, have the ability to, to make it more accessible for folks, we're going to do that as an organization, which is really cool because pre-COVID-19, um, we had desires to have things online, but we just didn't really know how to get there. And now we're in a space where we're here and it's growing and um, it's something that is going to be well into our future as an organization. We also offer a couple other programs that I, I would like to mention. Um, so we have our crisis intervention team training program, which is for local law enforcement. Um, it's a 40 hour training where local law enforcement and first responders can learn how to deescalate and handle mental health crises in the community. So uh, I mentioned that because uh, if you have to call a, the 911 or dispatch for local police to come to your home or wherever you may be because your loved one um, is escalated and, and you are in fear um, or you're feeling there's a threat and that you might not be able to de-escalate the situation, you can, as a community member, ask for a CIT or crisis intervention team trained officer to respond. So most municipalities in the St. Louis region have CIT officers on staff. Um, and so they can come and respond to those situations and they have specialized training on how to handle uh, mental health crises. And then kind of the last uh, program that I wanted to quickly mention is uh, one of our fastest growing programs, which is our Ending the Silence program. And that program is for middle and high school age students, their parents and caregivers, as well as school staff or community-based staff um, to learn about uh, early warning signs of mental health conditions, um, learn a little bit about what resources are available to them, and uh, how to identify a trusted adult and have those conversations around um, teaching them help-seeking behaviors and how to have those conversations with an adult uh, to 
get access to resource. Um, so that is a program that we're offering in the St. Louis area. Um, and then very quickly, probably one of my most favorite programs is our Inner Own Voice program. Um, so that is a presentation program, but it's, it's for um, individuals that are living with a mental health condition. They share their testimonies of what that is like, um, you know, the challenges they've faced, the treatment they've engaged in, where they're at now. And then, of course, my favorite part, what their future goals and aspirations are. Because as somebody that's living with a mental health condition myself, um, sometimes society paints people to uh, look a certain way or um, might depict individuals with mental health conditions as dangerous or violent. And I can say very confidently that not everybody who has a mental health condition is you know, that way as society depicts us. Um, and statistically, we know actually that individuals with mental health conditions are more likely to be victims of crimes as opposed to perpetrators. Um, and so our inner own voice program really helps to break down the stigma and discrimination associated with mental health conditions. And that program um, is offered to really anybody in the community. Um, so we generally go to like universities, hospital settings, church groups, other civic groups, and we talk about mental health and people share their stories um, to help just normalize what mental health can look like and what it also might not look like. Um, so those are just like a bit I could talk forever about, um, but I will spare us all. <laughs> uh, but you can definitely find out more information uh, at our website at namistl.org and you can call our helpline um, if you're interested in, in learning more. Yeah, that's so many programs. And I think the work that NAMI St. Louis is doing is so cool. And it's so important because you're right. Communication is essential to helping somebody through a mental illness and helping support the family through um, the diagnosis process and even getting on the right medication and making sure that as people change over time, because they will, and their circumstances will change and symptoms will arise at different times, staying in that communication loop and making sure that you're checking in with people around you and checking in with your care team and your support. That's all really important to make sure that you yourself or the people around you are getting the care that they needed um, or need right now. So Jackie, was that the experience that you had with your sister did you know did her needs change over time or did your needs to have additional support change over time too you know i i think certainly certainly they did um i think early on i needed to understand more about you know what schizophrenia is and and how it affects my loved one and and myself and my family um, but later on, I needed to know uh, more about um, what resources are out there and how can I help my sister tap into them? Because it's not always easy to navigate uh, the mental health um, supports and, and in the community. Um, and, and I think one of the best things that NAMI does is help people navigate um, mental health treatment and uh, mental health support. Um, you know, my sister um, really was a lovely, lovely soul. 
and she would do anything for anybody. Um, but, you know, like many people who do that, she was the last person to do something for herself. And I think what she really needed was what the Independent Center um, was able to provide for her, uh, was that um, courage, was that empowerment um, to go after things that she desired, that she dreamed about. And, and one of those things was, was being independent. Um, and I remember it was so hard at first for my mom to accept that my sister could leave, uh, leave the home, you know, leave um, mom and dad and, and go live independently. And it was both NAMI and Independence Center that helped us, helped us reach that point where we were comfortable with it. And, um, and you know, she, did, she actually ended up being fine because at first she went to a place that was, uh, I think it was called the Jane Stepp House, uh, where, you know, it had like 16 rooms and then it had a community room and a community um, a cafe or place to eat. And that was the first step for my sister. Um, and then, you know, uh, after a few years, she was able to, to move on. But, um, you know, my mom passed away uh, while she was living at the step center. And I think that timing was pretty good because she got a lot of, of support there and uh, was able to accept it and, and you know, um, move on with her life without too much trouble. Um, but uh, the Independence Center and NAMI really helped us, um, you know, with what we needed when we needed it. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, care partners, come in all shapes and forms. And sometimes a care partner is an agency that's helping you navigate that space or provide additional support. Um, so that's great to hear that your sister had what she needed in the time that she needed it. So with serious mental illness, you know, it, it varies. I know, Angela, you were saying you live with a mental illness now and Jackie, your sister, really was on the far end of the spectrum where you weren't even sure if she could be independent in the community. And so I wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit. Um, just from your perspective as a NAMI provider, mental illness runs the gamut. You know, it really can come in any shape or form and any level of severity. So my question is, do you think that when people, when care providers, when families, when friends come and get involved with NAMI, they realize that it's kind of on a spectrum that I guess what their care trajectory is for the person? What do you, what do you guys think about that? Um, I know from just the NAMI perspective of things, like we have people that come to us with all levels of education about mental health. Um, so we have folks that come in and, and they 
they kind of think this is just, if this person has, if my loved one has this diagnosis, then this is what this means. Um, but in reality, like you said, Abby, you know, mental health, it's not a linear process. It's a journey and it has ups and downs and everything is individualized. I'm a big believer that everything should be individualized for people because, um, you know, I have a diagnosis of PTSD, um, and ADHD and anxiety and depression. So I have a, a nice little gamut of things. Um, and, you know, I have other friends in my life who also share those exact same diagnoses, but our treatment plans look vastly different. And we're in vastly different places in our lives. Um, and so I think it's important that everything is individualized because we're individual people. Um, you know, we're not our diagnosis. You know, we might have that diagnosis, but that is not who we are. And so I think keeping things individualized really helps um, kind of the trajectory of our journeys. Um, and I think we teach that at NAMI. You know, that is something that we're always talking with loved ones about and individuals that are living with their diagnosis. Like, you know, it's an individualized process. Just because you have a diagnosis of, of you know, bipolar disorder does not mean that, you know, your friend who also has that diagnosis that you guys are going to have the exact same signs and symptoms, that you're going to have the exact same treatment plans, that you're going to be on the exact same medications because your body, you know, mental health is physical health. Um, you know, what I might take for a headache might not work for Jackie. And it's the same thing with mental health. You know, what I take for my anxiety might not be what works for my friend who has anxiety. And that is okay. And so I think that is one thing we're constantly teaching about, um, that everything is individualized and it is a journey. And as we get, we get older and things change, our bodies change, you know, that also means our treatment plans change um, because mental health is physical health. You know, I think if I could add, Angela, the, the great thing about NAMI is, is that in, you know, A, you have people teaching the courses and uh, facilitating the support groups who have experience with mental illness in their family. And, and those are usually the veterans, right? And so um, when you have new people come in who, who just have a new diagnosis and they, they're afraid and they don't know what to do, the best thing is, is you could say, you know, I've gone through this and you can make it. And here are some ways uh, that we can help you. And, and also um, I found that um, being a sibling, um, it's, it's very interesting to see the different roles that family members play. And, and I took an education course um, from NAMI early on. Um, and um, it really helped me to, I, you know, I was mad at my parents for some reason. I, I think because they didn't want to talk to me about what was going to happen in the future. And that's really why I got to NAMI. And, um, you know, it was so helpful to me to have other parents in the class that I was in and have them talk about what they're, they were going through at the moment. And, and it just gave me so much empathy uh, and much more understanding for my parents then. And I was able to go back and say, you know, 
quit being so hard on your parents. They're doing the best they can, you know. So it it really does. Uh, our programs, NAMI programs, really do a lot of things to help families uh, and to help their loved ones. Jackie, I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up because that was something I, I know I failed to mention earlier. All of our programs are what we call peer-led. Um, so we don't have mental health professionals teaching our, our courses, doing our presentations, doing our support groups. So individuals that uh, are facilitating teaching, they're all trained through us um, in our model, but they all have lived experience. Either they themselves are uh, family members with a loved one with a mental health condition. They might be a parent or caregiver, a sibling. Um, you know, we run the gamut because again, family is, is defined however you define it. Um, but also we, we have um, individuals that are living with mental health conditions doing these programs as well. Um, and that is something that's really beautiful. It's something that's unique that we offer to the community. And then on top of that, all of our programs are free to the community. Um, so you can access them without having to pay. And we know that, you know, the mental health care system, it gets really expensive uh, to get supports that you need, um, whether that's diagnosing or therapy or, you know, all the things. That's why we do advocacy work, right, Jackie? Um, <laughs> to help reduce, help reduce costs for things that, to make it more accessible. But our programs, you know, are free um, to the community. And, and that is a, a really beautiful thing. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to uh, to ask about that, you know, how do people access this? And one thing I wanted to touch on for everyone listening is that NAMI is a national organization. So it is not just located in St. Louis. We're talking about programs supporting the St. Louis region, but NAMI is available to people across the United States. And I don't know if you guys want to share a little bit more about that. Um, how people can get involved with NAMI on the national level and what type of supports are available on the national level. But I know we probably have people listening that are outside of the St. Louis area. And so I want to make sure that they know that these supports are not limited to just the St. Louis region. Absolutely. I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up. Um, Jackie, I don't know if you want to, do you want to go first and then I can fill in any gaps? Yeah, uh, well, I was just was going to say, you know, that um, that that NAMI, a, a local affiliate, is in every major city in the United States, in in every state. Um, so um, I, I think I would start by, um, if I wanted to connect with my local NAMI, going to the National NAMI's website, which is just NAMI.org, and looking up your local affiliate and uh, connecting, giving them a call or uh, going to a program or whatnot. Um, but then, you know, we have a, a state level NAMI, uh, which typically focuses on advocacy. And they do things like watch what the local legislator or the state legislature does in terms of uh, providing mental health care and mental health services and then uh, communicate with um, local affiliates so that um, family members can advocate uh, intelligently uh, about what's going on in their state. And then the national level really provides a lot of support. Uh, they help um, 
teach teachers uh, how to uh, effectively teach. Um, and uh, one of the best things that they do, I think, is a national conference where uh, I think it's held once a year uh, in July. I'm not sure if that's still the case, uh, but those are wonderful conferences to go to. Um, there, there's a lot of information to be had there, a lot of science, the latest science research, uh, and connecting. NAMI is about connecting with other people. And, you know, when I first went to a NAMI national conference and I met a lot of people uh, whose loved one are doing really well, and mine, what my loved one wasn't at the moment, that gave me a lot of hope. And, and I gained a lot of information and knowledge. So, so NAMI does that national conference and anyone can come, you know, even if you're not a NAMI member. Um, but, you know, there are so many resources that NAMI provides out there on the local, state and national level. That's so that's so great to hear. And one thing I wanted to touch on um, was the helpline. I know Angela mentioned it earlier, but the NAMI helpline is a program that NAMI operates to personally respond to hundreds of thousands of calls each year. Um, and they provide free information and support to care providers or individuals dealing with a severe mental illness themselves. So who operates that helpline? Who's answering the phone when someone calls with a question? So kind of what Jackie was just talking about is I call it the, the NAMI three-tiered umbrella. So we have our national level, um, and then there's the state organizations. And then within the, in the states, there are really multiple affiliate sites. We're an affiliate site for the state of Missouri. Um, so every single office generally has a helpline. Um, so National has their big helpline, which includes, they have a text line um, that offers free crisis counseling 24 hours a day. Um, we don't do that at NAMI St. Louis. Um, our service here is, our helpline is Monday through Friday, nine to five, and it's a resource line. So depending upon your state and what funding that they have available and how they operate their helpline, some most helplines are just resource lines, um, but there are some states that have um, kind of like a, a branch to their helpline, which is uh, more of a, a warm line. Um, and that warm line can help with, um, you know, if somebody's experienced like a mental health crisis. Um, although we do get calls with folks that experience mental health crises, we divert them to our local crisis counseling um, organizations like behavioral health response, for example, um, because that's something that they specialize in. And, and we really specialize in just providing the resources. Well, there's so many great things going on at NAMI, and I really appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to me today. I have two last questions for you. So my second to last question is, if, if somebody listening today is a care partner, a new care partner, or maybe a long-term care partner, what would you like to share with them? You know, what advice would you give them? What would you say to that care partner? Well, I would first say, if you don't know about NAMI, let me tell you about NAMI. Um, I think um, NAMI provides a, a great first resource to, to learn about that mental health disorder that your loved one might have. 
to connect with folks who have uh, maybe greater experience than you do. So you can get the benefit from knowing them and, and talking with them. Um, and um, actually a lot of people come in NAMI, they take a course or they, they go to the support group and they remain in NAMI for a long, long time. You become a family member, you know, NAMI is a family and um, everyone is helpful to one another. And it's a confidential place where you can talk about what's going on without worrying about um, what someone might say. Um, so I think NAMI is a great resource, particularly when you're first hearing about the diagnosis and not knowing where to go. But I think many people find that when they do come to NAMI, they stay at NAMI over a long period of time. I think too, um, you know, depending upon where that, that um, care partner is at in their journey, um, you know, if they have any interest in, you know, advocating for folks that are living with mental health conditions, we have a very strong advocacy committee in the St. Louis area. Um, and it's an opportunity for us to actually go out and use our voices for the betterment of individuals that maybe are not in a space to use their voice. Um, and I think that is a, a really amazing thing that we offer to the community. And ultimately, the biggest piece that I always like to relate to individuals um, that are, are family members or friends that have a loved one who is either, you know, really currently struggling or is just on their journey with their mental health is that there is always hope, you know, that, you know, just because today might not be bright and sunny, um, tomorrow might be. And, you know, that that tomorrow might not always be bright and sunny, um, but you, you know, if you're part of the NAMI family, like Jackie said, there's always somebody there that is going to be able to provide you some support. Um, and that encouraging word of, you know, it, it might not feel good right now, but, you know, hopefully if your loved one continues to engage uh, in treatment, or even if you just continue to engage in the supports that you have, that helps within the journey of dealing with um, something that can be really stressful. And just one last thing I want to mention, if I could, Abby, mm -hmm. um, also, people with the mental illnesses themselves, if they're feeling alone, sometimes their family members don't understand and they, they won't reach out to NAMI. That person can reach out to NAMI and be welcomed and be uh, encouraged and, and um, empowered and, you know, um, be given um, maybe what their families couldn't give them at the moment, you know? Um, so I, I do want to say, you know, that people also with the mental illness should contact us and talk with us. They'll be welcomed. Absolutely. I Definitely. That. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. So my last question for both of you is, this is a question that I've been asking all of our guests, and I love hearing the answers because they're so varied, but I think it's really important. So the question is, if you could debunk one myth about mental illness, what would it be? I, I think for me, it's, you know, one myth is that people with mental illness can't get better. And um, that couldn't be further from the truth. People with mental illness, uh, with proper treatment, support, 
um, you know, can and do uh, get better and, and live uh, the lives that, you know, most of their loved ones do who don't have a, a mental illness. So I, I think that um, we really need to, to understand that and embrace that. I think I've mentioned a couple of the myths already <laughs> um, when I've answered some of the questions around like uh, the piece around uh, in, there's a myth that individuals that have a, a mental health condition are violent. I also talked a little bit about um, kind of what Jackie just mentioned that, you know, the societal bias um, around what, what individuals with mental health conditions look like and, and what their journeys look like. Um, but I think, and I think this is a great question. Um, and I think there's so many myths <laughs> that exist. Um, and I think the biggest piece that I can answer for this is mental health is not just for some, it's for all. You know, mental health is, again, physical health. It's so important that we talk about mental health you know, that's how people heal. That's how communities heal. There are so many communities in, in our St. Louis region who they, they've not had an opportunity to openly talk about mental health. And, you know, it's been shunned and shamed and, and there's stigma and discrimination. And, you know, NAMI is really working to help break down that discrimination in our community. And we're doing it with community partners every day. You know, we're not doing this work alone. We can't do this work alone because mental health is not for some. It's for all. Those are two really, really good ones um, that you mentioned. I'm so glad that I was able to speak to you both today and learn a little bit more about NAMI. I hope everybody listening took something away from this conversation, either for themselves or their loved ones. Um, if you want to know more about the work that NAMI is doing in the community, the helpline or how to get involved as a volunteer. We're going to put a lot of links in the show notes. So make sure to go and follow our show notes. Um, click the links. You can find NAMI on Facebook and YouTube at NAMI St. Louis or on Instagram and Twitter at NAMI STL. You can also give our podcast a follow on Instagram at Let's Rethink This Pod or um, just find us on the Independent Center Facebook page. We're going to be posting out some information as we go along with these episodes so that you can share your comments about the episode. Let us know what you want to hear next. You know, who are some of the other people that you'd like to hear from in the community? If you haven't already, please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review to let us know if you're enjoying the podcast. If you yourself are struggling with a mental illness or a substance use disorder, please visit www.independentcenter.org for a list of local and national resources. You are not alone, and I can't wait to talk to you all next week. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thank you, Abby. Thank you, Abby.